It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. For the Super Bowl, Ian's won money there. Let's bring him on back. See what he's got to say about uh, picking your tournaments. Um, they've got a philosophy over there on first-round unders that I want to hear about. And uh, we'll see what he thinks about Purdue. We'll find some underdogs that you love. We'll find some uh, teams that are overrated you need to fade. And uh, just just some good tips for picking your your, your brackets. So he's going to join us here in about uh, 10 minutes or so. And uh, we'll see what he has to say. And those guys just do such a great job. And like I said, every time they are on, we we make money. You like money, right? I want you to win that office pool. I want you to win your bets. So that's why we go with uh, some of the best. We get them in here and, uh, yeah, that, that should help out. By the way. You get one bracket. Don't be that guy that fills out four or five. Now, there are exceptions. Okay? If you're in some money contest, you want to submit multiple different brackets, you're putting the money in, that's fine. If you're on one of the big sites and, you know, you're trying to win some prize monies, that's fine. But here's the deal. If you are going to fill out multiple brackets like that, you get one bracket. You pick which one it is. And that's it. Don't come to me with like, oh, hey, number 17. That's got all the upsets in the uh, in the Midwest bracket. I'm crushing it. No, don't count. You don't get a victory lap for that stuff. Don't even try it. One bracket. Everybody knows the rules. Don't be that guy. Do not be that guy. Let's get started. Need to know news time. Here's your need to know news. I really need to stop sneezing here. Okay, I'm going to meet the mic every time I do it. Uh, your Boilermakers are dancing. Both the men's and women's teams are into March Madness. The men's team picks up the one seed in the East on the back of winning that Big Ten tournament on Sunday. Purdue won its second Big Ten tournament title with a 67-65 win over Penn State. Purdue becomes the first Big Ten team since 2019, which was Michigan State, to win both the regular season title and the tournament titles. Zach Eady, the tournament MVP, of course, averaged 26 and 12.7 rebounds. Good Lord. Eady scored 30 points, grabbed 13 rebounds in the win. They await their opponent, either Fairleigh Dickinson or Texas Southern. Both playing in the first four. That game is Wednesday night. It's the early one, too. Uh, Purdue will play, though, against one of those teams on Friday night, 6.50 p.m. Sports gods like us. It's a Friday. 
It's not so late that, uh, you know, you can't stay up for that. Oh, yeah. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Women are dancing, too. They uh, they got a little work to do here. They got to get to work on Thursday. They take on St. John's, uh, the other 11 seed here, as uh, they're in that first four. So, winner gets uh, 11, the 11 seed to take on North Carolina. You can watch that game on Thursday, ESPN 2, 7 p.m. They're also in Columbus where, you know, Purdue is going to be out being. It's not the same arena. But they are out there playing, so you got that. Huge news on Friday. We went off the air, and I got this on my drive home. Chicago Bears have moved the number one overall pick. They send it to Carolina. In return, they get pick number nine. They get a second rounder this year. They get a first rounder next year. Second rounder in 2025. And wide receiver DJ Moore. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Bears fans seem enthusiastic. Colts fans, on the other hand, now. You're going to get what's left over. So, presuming that Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are off the board, it's either Will Levis or I don't know. We'll talk about it more tomorrow. Today's going to be a very basketball-centric show. But we will get to it, I promise you that. Purdue baseball gets swept by the defending champs, number four, Old Miss. Purdue took it to extras on Saturday night before walk-off homer in the 10th. That was their best chance. They're going to return home Wednesday night. They're going to play here at home against Northern Illinois. $3 general mission tickets that one, by the way. Softball had three of their five games rained out in California over the weekend. They did get the last two in, losing 8-1 to Long Beach State, 6-0 to Sacramento State. Next, they're going to head over to Oxford, Mississippi. They've got two, including playing Mississippi State. I'm sorry, they're going to play Mississippi State, then they're going to head to Oxford for a weekend. Starts on Thursday. They're going to play seven games in four days with this trip. Yikes. Take a break. Pacers, they got work to put in tonight. They're on the road at Detroit to take on Jaden Ivey and the Pistons. Blue and gold are a three-and-a-half-point favorites in that matchup. And that, my friends, is today's Need to Know News for this Monday, March the 13th of 2023. All right, we finished the week hot on uh, on the best bets and I, I wish I had something really good for you here tonight. I just, I, here's what, here's the problem is I fell into the trap of working on my brackets, just like everybody else does. I will tell you this. I do think that there are some fun things with our friends over at uh, DraftKings. If you go to NCAA tournaments or you go to the college basketball, right? Hit the tournament specials. You can get it. Any buzzer beater in the first four games at plus 1,600. Any buzzer beater in the first round of the NCAA tournament boosted to plus 300. And how about any buzzer beater in the NCAA tournament at plus 100. You can do it by days as well. That's just a fun bet to make. I, I don't have any stats behind it. I don't have a whole lot of help for you on that. But I do like it. Uh, you can also bet on Purdue right now uh, to win the NCAA championship. They're going off at 10-1. to 1. Those are the third best odds behind Houston and Alabama. 
You can bring them down to the Sweet 16, and you're at minus 250. The Elite 8 for Purdue at plus 135. You can also bet on which conference you think will win the NCAA tournament. Big 10 at plus 600. That is the fourth best odds behind the SEC, who's the favorite. The Big 12 at plus 360. Uh, is also, they're dead even there. Uh, ACC is at plus 450, the Big Ten at plus 600, if you like. Also, Purdue to win uh, the East region. They are the favorites at plus 220, followed by Tennessee at plus 425, and Marquette at plus 425. All that love for Duke, they're plus 800. Think Purdue can make the championship game, plus 550. All that stuff is out there for you. Uh, to bet, you can even bet on which region you think is going to win the NCAA tournament. It's not bad. I mean, the mid the Midwest starts at uh, plus two thirty, two sixty, two seventy for the South, three thirty for the East. It's not bad. You got some options there. So yeah, I want to throw that out there. I, I wish I had time to put in the hockey research today. I have not. I apologize if I'm looking over things here. Colorado's probably going to get a bunch of shots off against the Canadians. Um, Vegas and the Flyers. Look, Tampa Bay and the Lightning. Oh, yeah, no, this is going to take... Yeah, there's not a ton of games tonight. There's only three. So I just haven't had the time to grind it out. But we'll see what happens here. Maybe I get something on uh, Twitter here. Keep an eye. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is next. He's going to help you with those bets. He's going to help you with your bracket. Don't go anywhere. This is Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. We're going to go over to the uh, Hammerhead Hotline. Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is back. We had him back uh, before the Super Bowl. We all made a lot of money, so we bring him back in here to talk about the NCAA Tournament. Sports Gambling Podcast Network, too, is just such a great go-to for any... Uh, I'm, I'm serious, Sean. Like, I cannot believe the like USFL... XFL podcast and picks. Oh yeah, no, we got a little bit of everything. I mean, uh, XFL. We've been on a crazy run. Uh, I know I'm ten and six uh, picking the games. We pick every game against the spread, and then I'm even three games behind uh, my partner Kramer, who's thirteen and three in the XFL, and I've been a hundred percent of my locks in the XFL. So yeah, it's basically our goal is if there's a sports thing out there that you can bet on. We want to have you covered. So, uh, yeah, whatever it is, we got you covered. And obviously, huge stuff like March Madness. Obviously, we're gonna we're gonna be doing daily uh, podcasts from Las Vegas. We got a sweet contest. Uh, we got our picks pages on the app. So we got it all. I saw this thing. So it was like uh, rooms at Circa and stuff too. Tell tell me a little bit about this contest you guys are running for the uh, March Madness. Yeah. So well, there's a there's uh, there's a couple different contests going right. So for March Madness. Um, we have a, uh, a pretty sweet deal. It's on the app. Uh, it's basically like a bankroll contest. You start out with some fake credits. Again, it's free to enter. And then you just place your bets like as if you were at a sports book. Um, and then whoever ends up with the most credits, uh, you win $750 cash and a $250 gift certificate. The Circa uh, prize, that's actually we're running another contest uh, for Masters weekend where – uh, again, if you go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash golf party, um, you can win a free three-night stay uh, at the Circa Las Vegas and then hang out, watch the Masters with us in the cabana. So, uh, yeah, a lot of, lot of free contests going 
on the uh, on the sports gambling podcast. And let me tell you something: that sports book uh, inside and, and the stadium that is a spiritual oh, yeah. experience. And I'm not I am literally <laughs> I'm not sugarcoating that. That is absolutely breathtaking. You're not prepared for it. It's absolutely amazing, and uh, you definitely need to experience it. Just avoid the claw machine game, okay? Look, take my advice: avoid <laughs> the claw machine at the front. It gets sharks me at- only for the claw machine. Yeah, yeah, sharks only for the claw machine. <laughs> All right, so let's get into this thing here, right? It's uh, first, up, first up, you guys, you degenerates have a philosophy that I absolutely love when it comes to the NCAA tournament. Tell me a little bit about the the theories here behind first half unders that you guys love to do. Yeah, we've been doing them um, uh, since we started, uh, basically in 2011, uh, where we take all 36 of the first round games, so the first four playing games. And then your 16 games on Thursday, your 16 games on Friday. And we bet all first half unders. Uh, since we've been doing it, that has hit at 58.82%. Uh, 2021, we had an amazing run where it's 26, seven and three. The, the, yeah, which a part of it, I think too, is like, you know, even cause that year was like kind of the COVID year where a lot of teams didn't play the full season, uh, but they still were able to have the tournament. Um, the logic is, one, uh, you're playing a lot of times at a gym you've never played at, right? You're playing a lot of times at weird times, right? Because they got to have 16 games. You may be playing super early. You may be playing super late. There's a decent chance you're either, A, super jacked up, or, B, kind of nervous, especially for these, like, small schools. Um, you know, it might be their first time where, like, their friends can actually watch them uh, on TV or whatever. Like, there's there's so many ways where you can get off to a slow start, so – just auto-fading the first half-unders has just been a great trend for us. And that's an easy bet that anybody can make, too. So that's why I like to always throw that out there. Um, oh, okay, so there's all, I mean, look, there's all these great trends. People always like to you know, take their fives over the twelves. Uh, I think nine, the 9-8 the matchup, like nines have been like heavily slanted like the last five years, things like that. What are some of these, because uh, you've poured over the data here, what are some of the areas here that you think better should be targeting uh, when it comes to the tournament? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, one that's always good to look at as far as the seeds, um, at least one 13 seed has won a game in the tournament in 10 out of the last 13 years. So you're looking at your bracket. One of these 13s are going to upset the four, if not two. Um, you know, it's just kind of uh, finding the ones to, the ones to find there. And then the two 15 seeds, they used to be like auto, just, hey, the two seed would always win. But the 15 seeds um, have, have been getting kind of frisky. Uh, five out of the last nine years, a 15 seed has advanced. So also just in general, like kind of ignore the seed number. Uh, especially as a gambler, because, like, you know, you can look at the – as far as if you're looking to play, like, something chalky for your bracket, I'd look at the betting spread before I would actually look at the seed number. So that's certainly um, something to something to keep an eye on. We're talking with Sean Green, Sports Gambling Podcast Network here on our uh, Hammerhead Hotline, trying to get you prepared here for the uh, men's brackets, uh, which, again, you'll be able to hear the wraparound coverage from Westwood One here on 101.7 The Hammer, Thursday, Friday, Saturday – and Sunday. All right, let's get into some of your favorite first-round games here, Sean. Uh, give me some of your betting favorites that you absolutely love that you got to put down uh, something here on Thursday and Friday. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, you know, there's so many uh, so many games to get down on. It's 
it's really hard picking your favorite. I mean, one that I'm just definitely going to get down on is fading uh, Tennessee. Uh, I mean, you know, Louisiana Lafayette's a pretty solid team, but also Rick Barnes. Like, we, we one of our March Madness betting commandments uh, that we did, we did a whole episode on it. Um, it we, Rick Barnes jumps out as one of the worst coaches against the spread all time in the tournament. He's 19 and 32 Ooh. ATS. So, yeah, again, when you find something like that, you look to fade him. And, again, TCU, uh, same thing there. Like, I'm going to be looking to fade TCU because they also have a coach that's really bad ATS, and that's Jamie Dixon. He's 9-17 and 17 against the spread. So those are some easy ones to get started. As a, as a kid who grew up watching a lot of Pitt, I remember those Pitt teams. He, he never got them over the hump, man, every time. It's like being a Purdue fan, man. It just never seems to get over the hump, and that's another great uh, guy to bring up here. Um, you know, obviously we do a lot of Purdue talk here. Early word here, nobody seems to like the Boilermakers. Um, that, that's a tough bracket out there in the East. I, look, I don't know if it's they just don't like Purdue or it's the fact that everybody loves to be on the Duke bandwagon no matter what. You, you know how the mothership gets. But I don't, what are your, <laughs> as, a, as an independent guy here, what do you think about Purdue and what do you think about their odds maybe getting out of the East or, or how far at least do you have them going? Yeah, I mean, I think with Zach Eady, they still have a pretty decent floor, right? Because, I mean, you know, we, we kind of like goofing on him on the show because he's just so big and just kind of uh, all over the place sometimes. But he's also, let's be honest, really, really good. Um, I, I think, you know, kind of going back to our March Madness betting commandments, I think um, something to keep in mind is, unfortunately, it's not been great for teams that win major conferences. So the teams that win their Power Five conference tournaments, it's usually tough for them to also go on a very long run in the tournament. You know what I mean? Like every mm-hmm. once in a while, you'll have the exception there. But again, I think uh, Purdue. You know, I think Sweet Sixteen certainly is in the mix, um, but I don't see them like Final Four. Uh, you know, I, I think eventually it catches up to them. I think that you know. I mean, we were talking about it off air. Unfortunately, the team I think they had last year was a better team. But I still think, you know, they're going to get Sweet 16, maybe Elite 8 is where I got them right now. I'm just excited for them to possibly play Memphis in the second round. And we can can have a matchup between two coaches who both starred in the movie Blue Chips. Are you aware that Matt Painter was in Blue (laughs) Chips as well with Penny? No. Yeah. No, I wasn't. Yeah, see, there you go. Throw that out on the pod there for you. I'm giving you good stuff. That's uh, uh, it. yeah, and, and again, though, I mean, coming back to it, like, Painter has been really good ATF, 19-12 and 12 in the tournament. So I think, I think the thing to do with Purdue is, you know, play them, uh, bet them in these early rounds. But then, I, again, I don't see, like, Final Four for them. Just outside it. Who, who is the biggest fraud, you think, here? Who, who's that one team that's got a, a, a nice, you know, high ranking and stuff, but you're like, listen, they're not going far. Well, again, I mean, maybe this is going to bite me uh, in the butt here when they win it all, but I'm still looking for opportunities to fade Alabama. Um, I get that they the, – the issue is they have, like, a pretty easy draw. Um, but I don't – I again, like, I'm going to probably have to fade them when it comes to, like, Elite Eight, Final Four, because I still think, like, just all that off-the-court uh, off stuff I think will eventually catch up to them. And then kind of coming back to the – uh, the idea of like fading teams who won 
their their conference tournament. I think that took a decent run out of them uh, winning the SEC conference tournament. So I'm looking for opportunities to fade Alabama. Um, you know, obviously not outright on the money line early on, but I think later on as we go in the tournament, I think eventually it's going to catch up to them. Another one that jumps out at me is is Baylor. Uh, we did a rundown on the podcast if you want to check it out. But, like, uh, you know, generally teams that win it all, they're not unbalanced. Um, and Baylor is super unbalanced when it comes to their offense and defense. And, you know, if you look at Ken Palm rankings, you want to find a team that basically is top 20 in both. That's a sweet spot uh, to win the national championship. Or if you combine both their offense and defense and their top 50, you're in a pretty good spot. For instance, like UCLA, um, 25th in offense, but they're number one in defense. They're 26th uh, overall if you kind of combine those. So you're well within that, like, uh, 50 combined range, if that makes sense. So UCLA is the team I got winning it all right now. Um, I just think they're such a good team. And that defense, I think, is eventually going to uh, surprise some people. Uh, you know, and maybe it was maybe it was a blessing uh, in disguise losing to Arizona in the conference tournament. So uh, UCLA, definitely a team I'm riding. But Baylor in particular is a team, I think, because there's just such a jump-shooting team, and I think eventually that catches up to you. All right, then how about the opposite side of that coin there, Sean? G- give me an underdog here. Who- who's not seeing this team coming, but you're on it already? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I mean, I went there for a couple years. Uh, you notice I didn't say graduate, but um, ah. this, Penn, this Penn State team, uh, I really like. Uh, and, you know, again, <laughs> Purdue just edged them out in the, uh, in the conference tournament, and they have a really – they have a really tough matchup against Texas A&M, but I think it's kind of a decent matchup for them. And if they can get past Texas A&M, I think they can, I think they can go on a little bit of a run. Again, they like, uh, Baylor kind of, um, kind of not super balanced. I do think eventually their defense will become their Achilles heel, but I can see them making like a sweet 16 run. Uh, you got a guy like Pickett, uh, their shooting has been really, really, uh, red hot. So. I think they could make a run and get to, like, the Sweet 16, Elite 8. And those are decent prices on that as well. So, yeah, give me Penn State uh, to be kind of frisky here. He's in on the Jalen Pickett booty ball. I love it. Here we go. Big Ten guy here on the program. Sean Green, Sports Gambling Podcast Network. The app is – I love the app because it's super clean. It's super easy to use. Podcasts for just about every sport you can imagine, and then uh, too, like if you just if you got to get uh, a recap, that they post all the picks as well. And most importantly, unlike some other sites, they you guys post your records too. You're not shy about posting your records either, are you guys? No, no, no. You know, again, sometimes we're hot, sometimes we're cold. I mean, that's the thing. We have so many guys working for us. Uh, inevitably, a couple of guys are red hot. Just follow those guys. Um, yeah, and, and again, like. I would always be – I think it's a good idea maybe to – if you want to pay for information like a Ken Palm or some sort of, like, analytical site, that's good. But if you're paying for picks, for me, one, it's taking the fun out of it. And, two, it's like – honestly, it's it's sports gambling. Like, if they they truly had the winners, that they were truly Biff Tannen in Back to the Future 2 where he had the, <laughs> the answer card in front of him, do you think they would be selling those picks? No, they would just be cashing in and sitting on a pile of dough. So – Always be wary of buying picks. And, again, just, hey, let's have some fun. Let's pick some winners. That's our motto. Yeah, that's what we say. Don't pay the buttheads there, uh, Biff. They, they, don't, yeah, have, exactly. they don't have it. Just make sure that you do it. All right, Sean, look, I, again, I love the site. I use it all the time. The podcasts are great. Literally, 
You you want to do golf? You baseball's coming up here too. I know we got a lot of Cubs fans, White Sox fans around here. Uh, you'll want to get uh, all this great info, and uh, they do a tremendous job. Download the app, makes it nice and easy. It's clean, it's easy to use. I love it. I, I can't get enough of having these guys on because every time they're on, Sean's on, Colby's on, uh, Kramer's on. Man, we make money. And uh, that's why we love having you guys here. Uh, so, hey, Sean, again, thank you so much for taking some time out here. Uh, best of luck this week out there in Vegas. I'm going to be playing in the contest here. Maybe at least I can win that uh, Masters uh, tournament uh, contest there. And uh, maybe we can hang out at Circa together. Oh, hopefully we'll see you out there, man. That'll be awesome. And uh, thanks, as always, for having me on. Big thank you to uh, Sean from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Again, I love using those guys. And uh, if you follow me on Twitter, at Jared on 1017, uh, you've got the link up there that you can get into that uh, March uh, bracket pool that they do. So instead of just picking your teams, you know, it's like you're wagering, which is pretty cool. They give you the fake credits, and you see, you know, how you do. You end up at 750 bucks. I like it. It's different. And he gave us some great tips, too. I'm going to try to make sure, uh, as the week goes on here, getting you more and uh, more and more, like little tidbits about, like, you know, the difference between, or, shouldn't say that, The I'm talking like the trends here, like, you know, 8-9, eight, eight, that 8-9 matchup, the nine seeds have won 11 of the last 16 meetings. Little things like that. That was just based off the seats to kind of did something to keep in mind. Uh, the NCAA tournament reveal yesterday. Now, Purdue giving that one seed. I thought they deserved that one seed, especially after they won the conference. Out there in the East. Um, look, I think if there's a tough bracket, I think it's the East. I think Kansas State is really undervalued. Providence squeaks in, but... Um, they're used to playing in tight games. You got a, a Kentucky team that's fought its way back in. Tennessee that is obviously capable. Um, and then you're gonna have to do I mean, ESPN is licking its chops to sell you Duke as an underdog that can go on and win this whole thing. And I haven't even brought up the fact that you still have Marquette in this thing as well. We all are well aware of how good uh Marquette is. So I really think the top five seeds in the East better than the top five in any other section of the bracket. Like Kansas gets, you know, they're the one, UCLA two, good team, but also missing a very key player. Gonzaga, you know, Purdue was already beaten. UConn, who I don't, I don't know they necessarily match up well with Purdue. Or they, I think they do. So I'm glad we're not playing them. But as a four seed, and then St. Mary's at a five out in the West. I mean, Houston gets Texas. I think Xavier is a tough ball club now. Indiana, Miami, it's not bad. And then Alabama gets Arizona, who I think is kind of a sleeper, to be honest with you. Baylor, as um, you know, you were just told by Sean, is a uh, fadeable team. Virginia. Defense, not necessarily a lot of offense. San Diego State, you know, out there at the five. I, I'm told I should be worried about the Memphis matchup. 
if that does come to pass. But if you can go ahead and win that, you're in the Sweet 16. You're looking at either Duke or Tennessee. And that's the game that scares me most is the Sweet 16. If you've got to go to Madison Square Garden and play Duke, that just seems like a place, A, uh, that's where they, uh, that's a place that they can thrive. B, I don't think that Purdue will get a call the single, uh, the entire day if they play Duke. I just don't see it happening. No Coach K, but it's still Duke. I don't know that Zach's going to get the benefit of the doubt of that game. That would be my prediction. I hope I'm wrong. That's not a lack of faith of Purdue. That's the, I've seen the scripts before. Kind of play. Overall, the Big Ten getting eight seeds in here. Um, you know, good showing. Ties for first. Purdue gets Michigan State in uh, in the East. Although I really don't think that those two are going to run into each other. Illinois, Northwestern, both in the uh, West. Illinois, that nine seed. That's an interesting matchup with them. In Kansas, potentially. And I'm not sure what to make of that one. Because I think Illinois is a team that can be built to play for March. They certainly were playing a bit better down the stretch, I thought. Even though they lost three out of those last four, including the Big Ten tournament. I thought maybe they could put it together. They've got some good guard play. But I don't know if they can take Kansas. That's a great question there. Go up to the Midwest. Big Ten representative there. Iowa versus Auburn. I don't have high hopes for Iowa. They just don't play defense. They got to shoot well in order to win games. I know that's kind of a... Yeah, every team has to shoot well. But they're, uh, if they're not hitting, there's there's no chance. They don't have the defense to, to, to play a low, grinded-out game. Now, Indiana's got to get past Kent State. And a 4-versus-13 matchup. That's going to be tight. And history tells you it's going to be tight, too. In the past four tournaments, 12 of the 16 matchups between 4-13... and 13, Single digits, including all four last year. Then you bounce over to the south. You've got um, Maryland and West Virginia. Boy, that's going to be a slobber knocker to go on to play Alabama. I did leave out Penn State and Texas A&M. My fault. But still, I, I thought overall, you know, not bad. It's not the end of the world, but I definitely think Purdue got a little bit of the short end of the stick here. It is what it is. At least you're in. I did feel bad for Rutgers. Now, Rutgers is out. And some of the, I mean, look, that's a 40 net. For them. And they're out. Pitt gets in at large. Arizona State gets in at large. 
66 and 67 in the net. It never looks good when you have multiple quad three losses, but Rutgers was two and four in the quad three. That's your big difference. Arizona State's five and zero. Oh. Pitt was five and one. Arizona State goes five and six in quad one, four and five in quad two. They did have each one of those teams does have a quad four loss. Well, that's a striking distance uh, between those three teams in the net. That's well below the tournament cutoff as well, which is uh, at forty seven. That's usually where they cut it off at. But I just, that that was tough on Rutgers for me. I think Pitt was okay in deserving that. I think they have a little bit of a better look than what Arizona State had. Now, Arizona State's going to squeak in because they had that big win on the road at Arizona. And they did that down the stretch here. That's how they got themselves in. Then they turned around and got themselves blasted by Arizona again in the the conference semifinal. But yeah, tough. Tough bill for Rutgers to swallow. You look at Rutgers' resume too. You got the one win at Purdue. That's great for them. But really, there's not much on the road for you to hang your hat on. Your your best road victory, you get a win at Penn State. That's your other best road victory outside of that. Tough. Still, I would have thought with a difference in the net, That uh, that would have been, you know, enough. And also, you know, the injury clearly comes into play with the committee. They said so. I watched the interview with the guy afterwards, which made, didn't make a whole lot of sense because they loved UCLA and they wouldn't want to penalize them for losing Jalen. But, you know, clearly Rutgers was penalized for losing Mag in the way they performed down the stretch. I mean, two, you know, if Rutgers doesn't go three and seven in their last ten, I think go five and five there. I mean, they're 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 in, no problem. But we were wondering, and, and you know, our our friend Brian Tonsoni from Delphi Bracketology even said this out loud. But we don't know how much they are going to take into consideration. You know those injuries. Now we know. For some of them they did, for some of them they just didn't. The one thing that bothered me 
out of this. It, it was one they had, and I can't remember who the guy was that they had on to talk the the, the bracket. Uh, you know how they chose all this stuff. But the one that really had my head scratching was the explanation. And you know how much I don't like Houston. But they do the seed list. They put Houston in front of Kansas. Kansas went 17-7 and in quad one versus a 7-2 quad one for Houston. 24 versus 9. And he says, well, if you add in the quad 2, you make them 15 and 2 versus 21 and 7. I was like, that doesn't make any sense to. Kansas played a much harder schedule. It was like between 1 and 90. And we're talking a difference of four games, four, like four losses? I don't understand how we can take into consideration uh, quad one and two to help out these mid-majors a little bit more with the strength of schedule to, to say, hey, this is a little bit and then completely ignore the fact that the back end, quad three and four, you have Houston with a quad three loss too, by the way. They're 16 and one quad three and four. Kansas is 6-0. It's a 10-game difference. Can't tell me that quad three loss and an extra 10 games in the top half of the quadrants, that that doesn't make up for a difference of four games. I just think they take it upon themselves. Bend the rules here and there. I mean, it's zero sense to me. Zero sense. Alabama being number one. Okay, I'm fine with that. Don't have a problem with that. But it just seems like some of the rules they applied to certain scenarios didn't apply to other ones, and that was a little bit upsetting for me. All right, we're going to come back with the things we missed. Uh, football has announced uh, they've got a practice schedule for the spring, and they can't play that last game at ross because it's under construction. So where are they going to play it? I got the details and more. That's coming up. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer. 1017. It is the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. Been a good Monday here. Big thanks to Sean uh, Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. So good stuff. Uh, we'll get his interview posted back up here in just a little bit. Uh, that way, if you want to go back and take a listen to some of that stuff. Also, I, I got the contest, the uh, uh, the March contest, if you want to get in on that. It's posted up on my uh, Twitter account there, so uh, check it out. All right. Time for some of the things that we may have missed. Purdue's got practice schedule up for the spring. I mean, they're going to take place where they normally take it. Open practice periods uh, will be uh, will be there. Uh, I guess the the once the practice is, uh, I believe there's going to be some public stuff here. I'm just looking at my media schedule here. Everything will start Tuesday, the 21st. So that's uh, next Tuesday. Most of these will be in the evening. It looks like, except for Saturday, they'll do uh, 
late morning, early afternoon. What's notable here is the final practice, which is Saturday, April the 22nd. Normally the spring game. Big to do. A lot of times they do the 5K and stuff the same day. But we can't have that at Rossing because of the renovations. You, you've heard Tom on here. We speculate about where they might have it. And uh, it's going to now be the final practice of the spring will take place at Folk Field. That's Purdue Soccer's venue. That'll be open to the public. Well, it sounds like it'll be a practice. Maybe it'll be a little bit of a scrimmage type deal, but it's not a game. They'll have more day, more stuff to, to come at a later date, it says. But it's April 22nd. I mean, that doesn't exactly invite itself for a lot of people. I don't know what you're going to be able to do. I, I mean... I mean, they overloaded that place for that USC game back in the fall, and I think they only had like 1,200 there. So that'll be interesting to see how that all goes down. But we do have a Purdue spring schedule, so to speak, and we know the practices uh, will get started on uh, on Tuesday. Uh, also, Next Tuesday. Uh, I also want to congratulate our friend uh, Brian Tonsoni and the fine youths at uh, Delphi Bracketology on another... Solid season. Now, Brian seems to think that this is, uh, they should probably be maybe in the low 20s. They got to calculate everything. But in talking to him yesterday, they, um, they feel like they did a really, really good job. 48 correct. 18 one seeds off, one just one two seed off. And one miss, which was Rutgers, which we talked about that. They did have Nevada in. But they were down to Providence or Rutgers. They went to Rutgers, Providence is in. Sounds pretty good. So I love having them on. I'm glad that they were successful yet again this year. I uh, can't wait to see where they end up in the uh, final rankings for this year, but uh, uh, always great to have them on. So a, a big thanks to those guys. Uh, great work. Great, great work. That's going to do it for the show here today. Tomorrow, boy, we got a lot to start preparing for here with uh, matchups and, and what Purdue could be facing in the NCAA tournament on Friday. Uh, also coming up on Wednesday, Rags in the stands going to be on with us. A lot of stuff going on with the Bears and everything, too, right now. I think mean, dude's having a moment. So we're going to talk with him. we got a great week planned here on the Hammerdown Show on 101.